0: When COVID hit in March, 2020, a lot of people started contacting me via LinkedIn saying, Hey, I lost my job. Can you please help me? Hey, I'm attending an interview. Can you please help me? I'm I feel really stuck right now. Can you please help me? So I started helping people for free. And then I ended up helping about 35 to 40 people in the month of beginning of March till first week of April. And then I started seeing these common patterns where people either struggle with interviews or salary negotiation or how to be successful. I started seeing these common patterns. And one of my goals and the reasons why I do what I do is to impact people, help people.
1: You're listening to The Rich State of Mind Show, the podcast made to make you the total package in the entrepreneurial world and give you what we call a rich state of mind. If you are here looking to learn about real estate investing, marketing, elevating your business, and developing your mindset to get to the next level, then you are at the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join our community on richstateofmind.com. Now here's your host, Anthony Ritchie.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to episode of Rich State of Mind, where I'm talking to raj Supermeyer. He's a tech career strategist focused on helping people to land their dream job and become a successful leader. He is passionate about guiding professionals to maximize their opportunities and discover their zone of genius. He has given multiple TED talks and is sought-after speaker at various conferences and has been featured in numerous podcasts and publications, including Entrepreneur, CEO World Magazine, Authority Magazine. You got career headache thrive global, addicted to success, and the Good Men Project. So this man has definitely covered uh, all his bases and getting his uh, his word out there. He is also the author of the new book, Skyrocket Your Career. His areas of expertise include career advancement, leadership, motivation, and productivity, and entrepreneurship. So uh, great listen. This kind of reminds me of the episode we did with Super Julie Braun. We're providing you the best opportunity. For you to present yourself to get the job a good job uh that you want or career uh but he has a different take on it he's got a book that goes along with it as well so uh please enjoy this episode and thank you for listening hey Raj, thanks for taking the time uh i know you're out there in chicago uh enjoying the we were just talking about the weather a little bit out there uh it's mostly the wind chill uh contrary to popularly vice the Uh, snow out there so if you could just please tell us a little bit about yourself man and what you do
0: thanks for having me super excited to be here so as you said i live in chicago i love the city and about me i'm a tech career strategist so i help people specifically in the tech space to find their dream job and become successful leaders in the industry I myself have been in the tech space for over 16 years now. I've gone through so many different roles. And uh, for the past three and a half years, um, started my own business, helping people to get unstuck in their careers. Um, I've helped over 50 plus clients. And my clients usually are mid to senior level folks because they talk the same language as me, which I like. So that's the main part of my job. Um, I also do a lot of speaking and writing, so I speak at a lot of company private events and conferences, and recently gave two TEDx talks as well, which uh, was a highlight of uh, 2021 for me. And finally, I do a lot of writing. I'm a contributing writer for Entrepreneur Authority magazine um, and other big publications. And uh, yeah, I love sharing my thoughts on various different topics. Um which that, which crosses entrepreneurship, leadership, motivation, productivity, and so on and so forth. But that's kind of the whole spiel of uh, what I do and uh, what I've been up to.
2: All right. So uh, let's talk about your book. Uh, you said you write about, uh, write a lot. Uh, and So you have a book called Skyrocket Your Career. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, what inspired you to write that book and what's it about? And then we'll dive deep into it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great start uh, to set some context for the audience over here. So this is the thing. Currently, people feel stuck in their career. They, They have been in the receiving ends of mass layoffs. They have job insecurity. Or there are some portions of people who actually want to advance in their careers, but they are afraid to do so because of the fear of the unknowns. And I was in the exact same situation in 2008 where I came to the United States as an immigrant and I had to go through a lot of experiences, which also included me applying for 1,293 jobs in 2009 alone. And that whole journey taught me a lot about myself and also, most importantly, thought about how jobs work, how you apply for jobs, how you come up with a strategy and so many different things I discovered through that experience. And fast forwarding 15 years down the line, I've interviewed 100 plus people and attended so many interviews and led teams. So I use all those experiences to help people get unstuck and to find what their next dream job is, what their dream career is. That's why the subtitle of the book is called The No Bullshit Approach to Find Your Dream Job be successful in it, and transform into a rock star. So I covered the whole job lifecycle from how you strategically find your dream job till how you get the job you love and how you thrive in that. So I covered the whole spectrum of it. So that's kind of a uh, a brief introduction about my book. And uh, yeah, it's been helping quite a few people. I uh, launched it in December 2020. And uh, yeah, it's been... Uh, it hit number five on the Amazon bestseller list. And um, it's been helping a lot of people. So that's kind of the idea of the book. But why I wrote the book was when COVID hit in March 2020, a lot of people started contacting me via LinkedIn, saying, hey, I lost my job. Can you please help me? Hey, I'm attending an interview. Can you please help me? I'm I feel really stuck right now. Can you please help me? So I started helping people for free. And then I ended up helping about 35 to 40 people in the month of beginning of March till first week of April. And then I started seeing these common patterns where people either struggle with interviews or salary negotiation or how to be successful. I started seeing these common patterns. And one of my goals and the reasons why I do what I do is to impact people help people. Then I thought, what better way than actually writing a book about all these common themes, which people struggle with, to help them thrive in their career. So that was kind of the whole reason um, I wrote the book in the midst of a pandemic.
2: Uh, Perfect timing, right? Uh, You know, obviously, you know, the pandemic was definitely something uh, negative that changed people's lives. But uh, one thing that I've noticed is people that used that experience and turned it upside upside down into something positive and, uh, found their calling, quit their job. And and then now they're doing something they actually really love. Uh, it's been pretty, it's been pretty interesting. The turnout, what, of what the pandemic has produced in so many different ways that you wouldn't think possible until something like that unfolded. And so, uh, in the book, you talk about discovering your dream job and discussing the nine strategies, uh, in that, uh, in discovering that job uh, or your dream job. Can we, I want to talk about the first one well, the first job was mind dump exercise. I saw you did a video on that, short video on that on YouTube. What, what is that?
0: Yeah, so before we talk about it, the reason why everyone needs to do that exercise is because there's a thing. Say, for example, you're using a GPS system like Google Maps. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect to reach your destination if you don't put the destination address on Google Maps. And then you cannot get pissed that Google Maps is not working properly because the problem in the first place was you not knowing what the destination is. Sure. And our careers are the exact same way. If you don't know where you need to go, then all the effort, all the time you spend is a waste because yeah. you're blindly trying to put all your effort and then you pray to the heavens and the gods to give you that next opportunity. Yeah. Life is not like that. That's why you need to do the mind up exercise. So this is how the exercise works. It's really, really simple. Take a paper and a pen and through the middle of the paper, put a vertical line, okay? On the left column, write down all the things you love to do, okay? Or you want to do. And on the right column, write down all the things you hate to do or you don't want to do anymore. And do this in an uninterrupted manner, say for an hour. No Facebooking, no text messaging. Put everything and do not disturb and let your mind flow. Because this is the thing, folks. All the things you want to do in life, all the things you, you really can do and succeed in in your future self is locked in your mind. You just have to unravel it one by one. And and that happens when you give space and when you put everything visually. Because human beings are visual beings. We need to see stuff. So when you write those things after an hour, you'll start seeing common patterns. So say, for example, you hate being micromanaged, you hate processes, um, you love collaborating with people, and then you love talking to customers, then maybe working in a startup or a mid-tier company is better than a large company because large companies generally have a lot of red tape. And also, maybe you want to do something related to marketing and sales or customer success, where you have to talk to custom customers. So, like this, is just a raw random example which I'm I made up right now. But the thing yeah. is, you start finding patterns, and based on the patterns, identify five jobs which aligns with your strengths. Don't care about the weakness because your weakness is someone else's strengths. So don't worry about the weakness this is the problem with people and our society where in performance reviews at corporate companies they always talk about okay let's work on your weakness dude you already have so much strengths why don't you focus on that and you know grow that so the point is focus on the strengths and based on that identify five jobs you want to do and then pick the top 3 and then come up with a strategy say for the next 3 months i'm going to focus on these three jobs and then of course in the book i Talk about after that, what do you want to do? But the point is, mind dump exercise, doing it periodically helps to retrospect whether what you're doing is making sense and align, <clears throat> Excuse me, aligns with your strengths. And it's a constant thing. It's an iterative thing, which you have to constantly keep doing in life. So that is the mind dump exercise.
2: That's the first time I've heard somebody explain it like that, where, because you, you generally in my experience, you're right uh whatever your weakness is is somebody usually in my work environment is that is their strength or they're at least better in that than i am uh but i think in society we focus on i guess trying to be perfect or maybe uh as my father would say striving for excellence so you try to be as well-rounded as possible which is i guess a never-ending journey yeah i agree but the problem is We've
0: put in so much effort on the weaknesses that we forget about our strengths. And then what happens is when you're focusing on your weakness and cannot get to a level of expectations which have which you have set for yourself or other people have set for you, then you feel bad about yourself. You feel that you're not enough. You don't matter. Then you start getting imposter syndrome. So it's like this whole vicious cycle which starts forming inside you. And the next time you try a different task, it's going to haunt you because of Constantly focusing on weaknesses and not growing your strengths. So I think there should be a fine balance. My advice uh, to everyone, and based on my experience, would be to focus a majority of your time on your strengths. And for weaknesses, you can try to delegate it to someone mm-hmm. better than you, like outsourcing. If you're owning a business, you can outsource stuff. Or if you're working at a company, you know, you could partition work saying, hey. Why don't you do this? And I'll do this because I know what my strengths are. I know what you like, right? So that's what you need to think about. So there's this fine balance. Um, And most of the self-help books will talk about focus on the weakness. This is how you're going to focus on, on the weakness. But I'm the total opposite. Focus on the strengths and how we can grow those strengths. So that's what we need to be thinking about, especially during these times when the market is super competitive, it makes more sense, actually.
2: It, do, it does. And so, all right, I find my five jobs and then now it's time to have my interviews. How do I ace yep. my interviews? What's the attitude I need to have going in?
0: So first things first is um, people are afraid of interviews because of natural reasons because some unknown person is going to question you. He, has, he or she has full authority for an hour to ask whatever, whatever questions they want. And it makes you feel um, insecure and makes you, you, makes you feel frightened. Mm-hmm. So that's why people are obviously afraid of interviews. But another thing to think about before I talk about the strategies is, remember the other person who is interviewing you also had to go through similar kind of experiences, right? No one was born a manager. No one was born a CEO. No one was born a, you know, a director, they also had to go through the ladder and the chains. So the point is talk to a person like a human, like a friend, right? And don't think, and you have to shift your mindset that your job is, that job is is your life. You really need to get the job. The more desperate you are and more importance you attach to that particular job, then the more anxious you get. I, I think you should treat it as, okay, this is a job interview. We're gonna have a conversation. If it doesn't match, that's not match. Let's go to the next one, right? That is not the only thing which is going to change your life because you have so many other opportunities. So start with that kind of mindset. But now talking about strategies, there are some really simple things which people fail to do during interviews. And that's the reason why they don't crack those interviews. They don't get the jobs they thought they would get, right? So here are some things to think about. First thing is you really need to research the company and the interviewers because based on research studies, an interviewer makes up his mind or her mind within the first five minutes, irrespective of where you come from, what your experiences, you, you may be from Harvard, Stanford, it doesn't matter. Within the first five minutes, whatever you do makes up their mind. That's why the first, acing those first five minutes is so important and researching the company and the interviewer is going to help. So what do I mean by that? Say, for example, let's say Google, you're going to interview at Google, start Googling. See, it's funny when I say Google and Googling because it's now become a term. But the point is you'll start searching for different news about Google, latest news, some catchy news, which can be an icebreaker conversation within the first five minutes of an interview. So for example, Say, for example, Twitter, right? If you're attending an interview for Twitter, like tomorrow, you would say, by the way, I saw you have a new CEO, right? See, that's an icebreaker conversation. Because just like you, the interviewer is also nervous and does not know what to expect. So you have to reduce the intensity and the anxiousness in the room by saying something funny or finding some commonalities, right? So researching the company is one. Researching the interviewer. A lot of people do not do this. So what I mean by that uh, researching the interviewer is that ask companies who you're going to interview with, okay? Some most, like half of the companies provide that name. If not, ask ask for it from the recruiter. And they're going to send you the different people you're going to interview with. The next thing you're going to do is go to LinkedIn and literally put their name on the search bar. And you're going to get their whole profile on LinkedIn. Start scanning through what commonalities are there on LinkedIn, so for example, um, say a person went to Ohio State, right? And I'm a football fan, so I, if this person I'm interviewing went to Ohio State, within the first five minutes, you know, just as an icebreaker conversation, I would say, "Oh, by the way, George, I uh, I noticed that you went to Ohio State. I went to the same school as well. Mm-hmm. Go Buckeyes!" When you say that immediately, you know, for for non-football folks, Buckeyes is the Buckeyes is Ohio State football team, but the point is, for when you say that, immediately the, the stress level reduces, and you can have a conversation. So that is the first two things you need to do: company in, uh, and then the uh, uh, interviewers. And of course, there are so many other strategies. But just to give you something actionable, let me just talk about one or two more, and then we can go to the next one. So the next thing you need to do is you need to prepare for commonly. Ac- ask questions because you know you're gonna get questions like, tell me about yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Tell me about a time where you solved a complex problem. Tell me about a time when you tried something and it failed. These are all common questions you're gonna get no matter what positions you apply for. So what I advise people to do is even before starting to attend interviews, in a piece of paper or on a notepad, write or on Evernote or Microsoft Word, whatever, that documentation tool you use, write down all the accomplishments over the past four or five years, which could be talking points. And then all the failures within the four or five years, which could be talking points. And prepare yourself, because when you go to the interview, you are going to get asked questions related to your strengths and weaknesses. So if you prepare in advance, then you'll be more confident in answering those questions. Right. And finally, what I would tell just one more strategy, just for the sake of time, uh, one more would be you also have to ask great questions. Towards the end of the interview, they expect you to ask questions and prepare some four or five questions you're going to ask your interviewers. Some of the questions could be, what, what, does the, what, what does the roadmap look like? For the company in the next year, how do you think my skill sets will help the team? So when you ask the thoughtful questions like that they they notice that okay, you are interested in really yeah. knowing about the products, right so those are some strategies to ace interviews, and just these four which I talked about can take you far ahead from other people and of course, I talked about more strategies in my book as well, but just something to think about
2: and, oh, by the way, speaking of your book uh. I do. Uh, I love the reviews that you've gotten on your book. So uh, people uh, definitely check out um, Raj's book, Skyrocket Your Career. Uh, the reviews are awesome. I love the, uh, the illustration too on the front too. Simple, uh, but at the same time, uh, I think gets the point across. Uh, oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> My wife and I were thinking about what would be a theme and then we actually hand drew it and we had a concept, and of course, then we had a designer to do it. But yeah, uh, I believe in Steve Jobs saying, which is simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. I hate complex things. I hate beating around the bush. I just wanted to get right to the point, right? But of course, I always set some context before getting to the point. So that's why even the book is only 99 pages. It's literally the strategies coupled with my experiences so that people can relate to it and yeah. all of those strategies. Right. So, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate the feedback.
2: So, all right. I did the interview. I got the job. I've been working there for a little while and it's time to negotiate a, my salary. Right. Obviously negotiate for a go up, not down. Uh, what, what do I, how do I do that? Cause that's always something I've even have friends that are in the private sector. Uh, Because for, you know, I'm in the military, so I don't negotiate my salary. I have to earn it. And then eventually, hopefully I get promoted. Uh, But uh, I've had friends talk to me about, you know, hey, this is the year I'm going to negotiate the salary of my boss. And uh, so I I would like to hear, you know, hey, what do you you advise people to do with that?
0: So a couple of things to understand about salary negotiation. People think one person has to lose for another person to win. And that's totally wrong. It's far from the truth. A negotiation is a discussion about what would make you happy and what would make the company happy. And you have a conversation. That's why it's called negotiation. It's not called conflict, it's not called argument, it's not called gla- whatever terms you yeah. use for fighting. It's called a negotiation because you're having a conversation. So that's the first thing you need to understand. Both can come to a win-win situation. And the way to do that is, first thing is you need to approach the conversation with data and facts and let your emotions aside. One of the common mistakes people make is they become emotional when they start talking about salary, saying, I want the salary because, you know, I've worked so hard. I deserve this, you know? And when you say things like that, your emotions come into play, but the point doesn't come across to the other person. Instead, approach it with data and facts. So what I mean by that is, say, for example, again, I'm an IT guy, so say you're applying for a software developer position. Again, for your audience who are not an IT software developer are the people who build softwares, like write code and build softwares. So say you're applying for a software developer position, what you could do is you could go to Glassdoor and figure out the salary ranges for a software developer in that particular area. So say, for example, I live in Chicago, and if I'm hiring someone before even negotiating with me, what you could do is go to Glassdoor, see yeah. what software developers get paid in Chicago. And there in Glassdoor, you'll have a minimum, middle and high highest range which is possible for that position. My advice would be to start with the middle range as your base, and then add 10 to 20% to the uh, highest range. So for example, say Glassdoor says, okay, I have to get between 60 to 90,000 in Chicago for a software developer job. And the mid range is 75. What I would say is I'm expecting between 75 to 115 or 110 or 105. So I added 10 to 15% to the higher range. And that's where, and you always have to negotiate in ranges. The most common mistake people make is they'll say, I want 60,000. The problem with that approach is, if the company was already ready to give you 80,000, now you already low yourself saying 60,000. Instead, if you say 60 to 100,000 or whatever, right? If they're already going to give you 80, then they'll say, okay, I'll give you 80, right? But now with the data and the ranges, you already know that, okay, I'm going to ask between 75 to 105. No. They would say 105 is too high, dude. So we can match that, but we could maybe give you 95. You would say, you know what? It's okay. I'll take 95. Now you're already higher <laughs> than the highest range possible. And you you know, came to the, but the, uh, the, the, the key, uh, golden area you want to be at, right? Yeah. The optimum level. So, always like negotiate that. ranges. Always negotiate in ranges. Approach your conversation with data, and the way you're gonna make the conversation is, uh, based on my research, I found that these are the ranges, and based and based on my experience. And what I can bring to the company, this is what I'm expecting: seventy-five to one hundred five. So when you when you say that, now you're approaching from a data and research standpoint, and then the other person can now make some discussion based on that. So like always that. do that. Always do your research and approach it with data and uh, facts up. Of course, there are a couple of other things I also mentioned in the book, but the point is to start with this, the basic thing you need to keep in mind, that is always do your research, always approach with data and facts.
2: I, I like that. I, I like the fact that, you know, uh, approach with ranges and not just feelings. Uh, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on what can you show me on paper? What is, because when a lot of these jobs, and probably 99% of these jobs, based off results, what is... What is quantified right? exactly what is measured and how are you going to convince me that you are worth this amount of money uh and yes it can be a win-win hey look if you if you're paying me this amount of money i i you know guarantee this type of these type of results on top of what i'm already doing uh exactly and there are two two and there are two
0: personas here right two scenarios one is for people trying to find a new job and negotiating the salary the second Use cases: a person who's already at a company and who wants to increase in salary. And in those cases, what are you saying? It definitely helps because you could say, this year I uh, helped the increase the revenue by seventy percent, and then I had eighty percent decrease in wastage. You know, when you quantify with numbers, now you're talking. Now you're giving something quantifiable to me which makes the case for me to give you an increase in salary. So yes, uh, even if you're in a current job, always use data. And uh, when you use data, then that's what is going to help. And that's why I tell people, if you're already working at a company, throughout the year, maintain an accomplishment sheet. Keep noting any accolades or things which you have succeeded in doing. And then have... During a one-on-ones, constantly keep talking about those things. And then during the performance review season, literally take the whole list of accomplishments and send it to your manager saying, this is what I accomplished. And now when you enter the performance review meeting, the manager already knows what you've done throughout the year and also now has this huge list of accomplishments. So making your case for an increase in bonus or getting a promotion is much easier. See, everything is a strategy, folks. Nothing is ad hoc. So... You really need to approach uh, approach anything with a strategy, and that increases your know, increases your probability to succeed.
2: So uh, that kind of goes into my next question, where we're talking about uh, making your results visible, right? Because if if you're going to have a good case for negotiating for a, a raise, then not only do I need to show it on paper and stuff like that, but I know sometimes the eye test is always helpful as well. Like, oh, I see that person's always in their chair, always working hard. They come in early, they leave late. Uh, what, What What is your thoughts on that, making your results visible?
0: That's a great question because, again, that is another area where people often struggle with because they feel they've done so much for the company, but they don't get anything in return. The reason is, again, as you said, their results are not visible. So how do you make your results visible? Here are a couple of things to think about. First thing is, I'm a firm believer in what is not documented is never said. That is the rule. What is not documented was never done or never said. So say for example, you, you're you working at a company and you do, you do this magnificent job and save so much revenue for the company, right? And if that's not documented anywhere, it doesn't matter. People are going to forget it. And they're going to move on. That's why whenever you do something worth talking about, you need documentation. So different ways of doing that would be, say, in a meeting, if someone appreciates you saying, hey, the point you made really saved our ass, you know, if someone says that, then after the meeting, what you can do is email them saying, hey, thank you for um, appreciating my uh, feedback in the meeting and it it really made my day. And then the person is going to reply saying, you deserve it, man, you're you are awesome. Now we have documented proof. See how you can, even if it's a word of mouth, you can document it by sending an email. So that is one way. Another way is usually in companies you have meetings where you are given a chance to talk about your work or you have to participate in, you know, about projects, what you want to do and stuff. In those kind of, those meetings, make sure you keep highlighting different things you're accomplishing. So, for example, in tech companies, you have what is called daily stand-up meetings, where every morning you have a 15-minute meeting with the team before they start with their work for the day. During those meetings, you would say, "So yesterday, yeah, I was able to find this big issue in the software, which really helped... To save a lot of money for the company. Uh, so I was proud about it. But today, this is what I'm going to do. So see how I'm subtly <laughs> trying to include my accomplishments while giving status updates. And constantly, when you keep doing this, uh, people start noticing it. And it it gets into their mind saying, okay, this person, you know, does some really good stuff. And you know, you have to keep in mind. So again, email conversations and then making sure you do those things in meetings. And also, as I was mentioning previously, where uh, document all your accomplishments and make sure you talk about that during every one-on-one meeting and uh, document all of them and send that end of the year during performance review season. And those are the ways you can actually make your results visible. If you are not going to do it, no one is going to do it for you. So it's up to you to follow these strategies to get what you deserve. Uh,
2: and so I, I like talking about this because generally our, our podcast is about wealth building, investing, real estate investing, personal development. But you, I believe in that you know, it takes money to make money. So you, most people, right, we have families or you need a job to start doing something else if you want to make passive income. And so the biggest, what's the biggest thing you see people, 10 ways to make more money. How can I, how can I make more money so that I can, you know, you know, widening the gap between my expenses and, you know, living a a more comfortable lifestyle or to invest. Right. So I don't have to live, uh, work until I'm 65 unless I want to. And so these are the things that I feel like people need to learn. Like there's maybe a lot of potential growth and income in the job you already have you, or in, some, in the same field, you just maybe need to work for a different company. You just need to go about it a different way and learn how to do so. And so uh, I don't want people to I feel like I like a lot of skip, uh, steps are skipped in, in that process, and so I like talking about what, what do you look at the skills you already have, right? And you're talking about tech. What, okay, you have this skill. you're good at it. How can you present yourself the best way possible so that you could be marketable? make the income you des- that you deserve so you could do the things that you really want to do. And so I-, I love the way you've, you've broken this down, Raj. Uh, and, I think and, this-
0: and, and, and sorry, Inter, but uh, I wanted to mention that <clears throat> that's what makes it makes this fascinating because um, the strategies are not only for people who work for a company, but it's also for entrepreneurs. Because just talking about making a results visible, it's a very similar concept because we do... We try to make our results visible to earn trust, you know? So if you're working for a company, you're trying to earn trust so that you can get the performance bonuses. You can get appreciation for it. Similarly, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to make your result visible through social media or through word of mouth or through different channels so that you can earn trust. And then leads come to you and then you can convert them into customers. It is actually similar kind of concept people have this wrong notion that just because you're working for another company or just because you're an entrepreneur things are going to be different but if you dive deep into these strategies it actually applies to all domains it's 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 really uh, high on a high level um it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur owning your own business or working for another company some and most of the things apply to both
2: awesome where, where can everybody find you man
0: so two ways. One is um, all my life's work is on my website, which is rajsubra.com, which is R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. Uh, there you'll find various resources to help you advance your career and leadership or entrepreneurship. You have a lot of videos as well. Um, and if you go to Skyrocket Your Career Book, Dot com skyrocketyourcareerbook.com there you'll find a lot of free resources uh, which you can download and immediately implement in your life and in your careers um, and i'm also giving the first chapter for free you can download it from my website that website as well um, but yeah so those are the two ways um, you can find out what i'm up to and of course i live on linkedin so literally <laughs> if you ping if you follow me And message me on LinkedIn. I love to meet new people and help them out as well. So definitely hit me up on LinkedIn.
2: And then finally, man, I love to ask everybody this question. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get a great, great response from you. Uh, What is your rich state of mind? What is your big why as to uh, why you're helping people in this space?
0: So I believe there are a lot of underdogs in this world. Who have the potential who have the capacity but unfortunately they do not know how to prove themselves because society labels them as you're not good enough you you don't matter oh no this path is the best for you oh no this is wrong for you and unfortunately these underdogs do not get an opportunity to shine and that's where i come into picture my why is to help underdogs shine discover their true potential and impact the world because I was an underdog and no one believed in me for the first 20 years of my life. I was a shy, introverted kid earning a minimum salary. But then I decided to change my life through different strategies, which again I describe in the book. But and then converted my life into uh, this type of person who is a keynote speaker, writer, and uh, you know, and uh, uh, business owner. So if I could do it, so can you. So can anyone else. I'm an average person and. And that's what I want to help people with, help underdog train. And that is my way.
2: Raj, I've really appreciated your time here. You have, again, I, I, like, I like talking about the basics. I like talking about things that uh, it doesn't have to be complicated in order for it to be uh, a path to success. And I think you've broken it down in a very simple way. It may not be easy, but he's broken down in a simple way to where people know the steps that they need to take in order to get closer to their dreams uh, or whatever goals that they have. And so thank you for doing that. I like it when uh, somebody comes here with a teaching spirit and it, they can break things down in a very digestible way. And you've done such an awesome job of that. Thank you so much, Raj.
0: Thanks for having me. And I also wanted to acknowledge you for um, impacting people in your own way, bringing people like me and, and now uh sharing their stories through your podcast. So I think you're doing great work, and uh, you've been you're impacting a lot of people. And showing up every day is hard, <laughs> and that's what you're doing as well. So I want to acknowledge you for that. So thank you, and thanks for having me.
2: Awesome, it's been great. Thank you.
1: Thank you for sticking with us from the start of the episode. Please share our show with friends and family, visit our YouTube channel, and view more of our content on richstateofmind.com. See you next week on the Rich State of Mind Show.